Hello, Curve Community. It's me. It's me. Hi. Hi. Problem, it's me. I'm the problem. <laughs> I do wish I could sing, like, of all the things. I wish you could sing as well. I know, yeah. sorry. <laughs> Um, the point of interrupting this podcast before we've even got into it is actually just to ask you a really quick favor. So wherever you're listening to this podcast, it might be Spotify, it might be Apple. If you are listening, but you don't follow or subscribe, it's quite problematic for us. It really doesn't help in terms of getting into charts, in terms of building our audience and that kind of thing. So because there's such a small amount of you that follow us. 2%. 2% of you follow us. <laughs> I know, it's very low. And I don't know why. I think it's just that people don't realize it's helpful. So people probably just haven't done it yet. Or maybe they don't like us. But why oh. would you listen week after week? Exactly. Or even, you know, I don't think it's that. I hope it's not that. So, but if you do like the podcast and you enjoy the conversations that we're having and you think that this is something you want to stick around for a while, um, it would really help us if you could please hit the follow, the subscribe. If you want to leave a review, go for it. But honestly, like the number one thing is just following the show so that you, you know, all the episodes are downloaded automatically. Follow us, please. Yeah, yeah, follow us. It takes two seconds. That would be amazing. Like you could have done it by now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe they have done it. Maybe. Yay. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Hi, and welcome to The Curve Weekly, the podcast that keeps you up to date with all the money, business, and stock market tea. Everyone should experience first class at least once in their lives, and Annie shouldn't miss out just because she can't afford it. Help me, I'm poor. Like, I don't think you've ever looked hotter, honestly. Like, I know that sounds a bit weird, but your hair and your face. Hey, Miso, I know she looks so pretty, doesn't she? Oh, my God. We should hang out more often. Compliments like that. I think we hang out way too much already. I know, true. (laughs) You look like you've had a blow wave. Did you use the new Dyson? Is that your your birthday present? Yes. No, I did. I used the new Dyson Airwrap and oh my goodness, it's a game changer. So for anyone that missed this, I think this is like maybe the best friend material I've ever done, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, hands Vicks, down. Vix like <laughs> banged on about getting an air app for honestly ever. So basically for Vic's birthday, yeah. I emailed Dyson and I was like, yeah. hello. <laughs> um, just wondering, is there any chance that you would be interested in giving Victoria a birthday present that I can claim? <laughs> and I love it. And they're like, yeah, sure. Anyway, so it's like, and I used it the other day, just like a little um, spruce up. Where was I going? I don't know. I can't remember. Oh, going out. It was last Saturday. No, it was last Saturday. I love it. Shut up, honestly. And I was trying to have it like blow it out. I I must say, I think you need to show me how to use it. I was like in a hurry and didn't know what I was up to. Yeah. No, Um, it's so easy to use. It's honestly like here's styling for dummies. I don't know if that's (laughs) what they want the tagline to be, but it's honestly, (laughs) it sucks your hair in and curls it and makes it into a way. I'm just like, oh. This, where has this been all my life? Anyway, enough about your hot hair. Okay, so stock market news. So we've got a bit of a divergence in the world at the moment in terms of what's happening in the stock market. So in the US, the US stock market is hitting at all-time highs. So levels it's never, ever been at before. So if we go back to, say, December 21... That was the previous high that the S&P 500, so the top 500 companies in the US, that index, that was the top point that it had ever reached. Then it kind of fell back down in 2022. And then last year, 2023, it's kind of roofed it back up again. And the start of this year has continued. So we're reaching new highs, which is 
quite healthy and quite good for a stock market. It's a good indication things are going well. But on the flip side, we've got another large economy in the world that is reaching record lows. And it's quite interesting to see such a divergence at the moment. So China, their index is hitting five-year lows. So levels, yeah, levels it hasn't seen in the last five years. And the Hong Kong Stock Exchange is hitting 20-year lows. 20? Good Lord. So you're kind of undoing all that growth. If you think about all that growth in those companies' share prices over the last 20 years has all been undone. And we're kind of going back to levels we were at 20 years ago in Hong Kong, which is crazy. I mean, there's been tons that's been going on in that 20 years in Hong Kong. But also Hong Kong like, is starting to be slowly taken over by China, right? Exactly. Yeah. And the thing with China is, and we spoke about this last week, was all around the fact that their population is shrinking. Uh, And a lot of economic data coming out of China isn't as good as people first thought or getting worse. But the government in China is now considering nearly a $300 billion package to prop up the stock market. Because if a stock market isn't doing well in a country, that can start fueling people taking money out, companies not wanting to list on their stock exchange, and really just kind of a sense of doom and gloom in a country where the stock market isn't doing too well. So the Chinese government has got a nearly $300 billion package to prop up the economy. So who's the money coming from? When you say package, is that from the government? Are they loaning from, yeah. From taxpayers, but that just means the government gets in more debt. So if the propping up doesn't work or the support doesn't work, how much longer or how much do they keep going to prop up the stock market before they give up and they go, okay, you know what? People just aren't wanting to invest in China. So it is a dangerous game. And the whole point of a stock market is you've got investors trading with other investors, depending on supply and demand. So as soon as you kind of artificially start interfering, that's Mm. when things can kind of turn into a disaster. So it's not a very good sign when the government steps in. And where's the money going? So like, where is, for example, if you're like, okay, they're putting this much money in, is it the Mm. government deciding what shares they want to buy? Is that how it works? Yeah. In previous times, the Chinese government has just closed the stock market on bad days. So when the stock market starts falling, it just shuts it and goes, you know what? No one's buying or selling anymore today. We're going to stop. Which again is really bad because it's like, oh gosh, I can't get my money out or I can't buy Stop. It also so, just creates so much uncertainty for people, doesn't it? Like, totally. there's this feeling of like, oh God, are they just going to close the stock market? I've got mm. money in there. And then people freak out and then they pull their money. Yeah. And so that's why you probably get a lot of investors that are like, you know what? China's just a bit too hard basket to invest in. I'm going to put my money into other, other indexes or other economies like the US. And so that's why, yeah, we've seen the US stock market reaching all-time highs and China and Hong Kong reaching new lows. But yeah, no, there is that whole big dick energy of China versus US at the moment. And so I think from an economic health perspective, US is definitely winning right now. So the S&P 500, the interesting thing is that there is seven companies that make up about 30% of the index. So remember, there's 500 companies in the S&P 500, the top 500 companies in the US, but seven of those companies make up 30% of the index, which is huge. And we haven't seen this for like decades. And they're called the Magnificent Seven. So it's Apple, Microsoft, Alphabet, which is Google, Amazon, Mm. Meta, Tesla, and NVIDIA. Yeah. So these make up 30% of the index. So when they move, the index moves. You know, if you've got a big weighting in the index, 
if you sneeze, everyone gets a cold kind of thing. So so if you had invested $100 in the S&P 500, $7 of that $100 would go straight into Apple stock. That's how much of that $100 you'd be owning of Apple, even though you're investing in 500 different companies. Whoa. And $7 would go into Microsoft as well. So $14 would go into two companies and the rest of your money, the remaining $86 is split across 498 companies, which is quite wild mm. just to, to, to see the weight or the size of those two companies in particular that they are of the S&P 500. So when Apple does well, the S&P 500 does well. When Microsoft doesn't do well, S&P 500 doesn't do well because they're such a large portion of that. So you are diversified, but it, what those top seven companies do does have quite a big impact on the movement of the of the index. That's super interesting. Mm. I think you'd like this one, Soph. So I don't know if you've seen, but Stanley, the cut the, the I know the ones you mean, those massive cups that like yeah. you have a handle and a straw. Yeah. And, and they're like they come in like grey or green and like yeah. I know the ones you mean. It's like the bigger, the better, you know, the bigger your Stanley cup, the better. And it's gone viral on TikTok and it's become this hyped craze, particularly in the US. Oh, and, and Gen Z millennials, people wanting to own these Stanley Cups and they've bought out limited edition ones and like all the stuff. There's like such a craze. People are camping outside Target for hours before the store opens to get these limited edition Stanley Cups, which is absolutely crazy. So there is I'm a bit sorry, of- Congratulations to them. That is totally. amazing branding. Like to have oh. people queuing for a drink bottle of all things, like yeah. maybe an iPhone, maybe tickets to see your favorite band, but a fucking drink bottle. Like yeah. who has and time for that shit? It's such a good rebrand because they were historically you know, I guess made thermoses and camping equipment mainly. I, for, say, I think of them as like a camping, like yeah. we're on the root burn track and I've got my thermos out for a hot chocky, you know, like I yeah. definitely wouldn't have thought of them as like a cool brand. No. Yeah. And that's kind of why they've done such a good rebrand. And it is quite interesting to see these companies that historically targeted one demographic, like this would have been kind of blue collar workers, campers, that kind of thing. And now they're targeting mainstream millennials, young girls, you know, just creating a completely different target market and targeting a different audience. And we've seen it with Birkenstocks. We've seen it with I was about to say, is it similar to Birkenstocks? Yeah. Yeah. They've nailed it. They've nailed it. Yeah. And so it's really interesting to see. And I Googled, I was reading articles about this and seeing it all over social media. And so I Googled, is Stanley a public company? (laughs) And it is. It's oh, called Stanley Black & Decker. So they merged the businesses in about 2010, I think it was, was the Stanley Company and Black and & Decker. And they merged and it's only a small part of the business. I, I think investing in a company where one tiny product out of the whole business is doing well, probably not the best investment idea. But okay. if you did start to see maybe a few other products and you started seeing in their revenue that, okay, this is actually having an impact on the revenue because people might be going in to buy these. Yeah, and then they buy something else. Yeah, and they buy something else. Or something. Yes, yeah. It's probably like young girls dragging their dads in to, to buy the Stanley Cup and the dad comes out with a few other bits of tenting tenting equipment. A bivouac. <laughs> yeah, a bivouac. Oh my God, some carabiners. <laughs> Oh, oh, some crampons. 
gosh. So basically the thing is, if you see Birkenstocks and they're selling, you know, hot pink Crocs with flames are absolutely mm. going crazy. That doesn't mean that holistically all of their products are doing well or that the company's a good investment. You just have to keep things in perspective. Yes, yeah, keep it in perspective. But it is a really good lesson that look around, you know, if you are sitting on TikTok or you are seeing on social media that there is a bit of a craze and people are starting to to buy certain products or certain brands that they weren't before, maybe just have a little thing in your head that goes, oh, hang on a second. Maybe I want to see if I can invest in that. So it's just having that investing mindset. I thought you were, but I was waiting for the investor mindset to be dropped. Anyway, another trend that we are seeing on social media as well is, and I am all for this. When I saw this, I was like, hallelujah, I've been waiting for this. So it is called loud budgeting. And I don't know if people listening have bought into it or doing it, have seen it, but it's a viral trend on TikTok that's all about personal finance and it's the opposite of quiet luxury. So what you're doing is you are effectively saying you budget out loud. So you're like, look, you know what? In 2024, I'm going to cancel my gym membership because I don't use it and I'm going to save that money. And so you're almost holding yourself accountable because you're outwardly saying what you're going to do in your budget in 2024. Quite so cool. would it be, as an example, like, okay, I'm not going to spend any money going out for dinners in 2024. Yeah, yep. and you say- and is, is it the concept that I say it and therefore my friends know publicly that if they see yep. me out for dinner, I'll be shamed. <laughs> totally, and you say it on social okay. media. So if anyone sees Sophie out mm. for dinner, they'd be like, excuse me. So it would be like a takeaway coffee cup or something would be quite good. Yeah, like I watched this one girl and she was like, this year in 2024, I'm ghosting my friends. I'm saying no to plans so that I can save that money and- grow my wealth. And I was like, go you. I was like, probably a bit extreme to ghost all your friends, but quite funny. Like people yeah. are you know, finding really innovative, creative ways to allow budget. Why don't we think of one? I think we yeah. should do one. Let's think about it and come back to this next week. We can have yeah. our loud budget and we can announce it. And if anyone sees us breaking it, yes. we have to give ourselves some kind of like And hold each other accountable. And so can everyone in the Curve community if they see us doing oh it. Ooh. Maybe we should do like a pledging where it's like, I, you know, and we could share everyone. So that'd be quite fun. It would be really fun. No, but I think this is really cool because a lot of social media is all about keeping up with the Joneses, you know, making making yourself look good and, and trying to impress other people through materialistic things. And I just love how this has completely flipped that on its head. And it's like, let's make being frugal cool. Let's make yeah. saving money cool. And if anyone can jump on this bandwagon and, you know, who wasn't previously budgeting or doing cost-saving things, I think is like really, really cool. And we've got girl math and all that shit that I hate. Like this is just right up my alley in terms of, I'm like, yay. I love stuff like yeah. this when it goes viral. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, love this. And in other news, I read this headline and I was like, oh my goodness. I was like, this is great because we've talked about how working from home, flexible working conditions have been pretty much a godsend to women. You know, we now can be much more active participants in the workforce. The whole nine to five working week was set up for mainly men who had partners at home that could look after family and children. And so so if there's one thing that COVID has done, which is positive, it's really shooken up, shaken up, shooken up the workplace and 
the working arrangements. And so we're finally starting to see data now, which is really, really cool, that men are actually working shorter hours on average than they did 25 years ago and women are picking up the slack. So we, it's it's almost like COVID and this flexible working environment has let, allowed us to enter the workforce in a new way. Yeah. And it's really cool to see, you know, those women that might have been working in a workplace where, okay, look, you have to come to the office nine to five every day. And they're like, look, that's not going to work for me. And they're like, okay, cool. We'll see you later. Can now actually be like, yeah, cool. I can work two days a week here and three days a week at home, or I can work from maybe nine to one and then spend the afternoon at home looking after children. So just that flexibility has really meant that we can now lean in a lot more to work, which is awesome. It's crazy that you bring this up because yesterday I was speaking to one of the founders, Mila, from uh, Jobs for Mums. Have you heard of that? No. So she was saying 80% of the gender gap, like the pay gap, is due to the mum area of our lives where we can't get a nine-to-five job Mm. and we want something like, you know, a a flexible three days a week or, a you know, whatever. Like a lot of it comes from that motherhood penalty. And she was just basically saying, you know, if we can focus on helping mums get into the workforce into different, you know, like – higher paying roles because a lot of them are really qualified for it. But as soon as they leave, it's really hard because Mm. unless they can fully commit to a full working week, they don't get a look in and a job. So anyway, they've got this website. It's called Jobs for Mums for anyone that's like interested, but they work with like all kinds of companies all over. It's just New Zealand specific. So if say, for example, Fletcher Building or like Spark, for example, if they were open to a mum applying for a job that was like, essentially appropriate for Mm. flexible hours and pay and blah, blah, blah. They market it on Jobs for Mums website. So you know automatically if you see a job on there that it's appropriate for you and that they're open to things being a bit more flexible. Mm. But it's just like, it's such a scary thought. It puts me off wanting to have kids because I don't want to have kids and then all of a sudden not be able to have the same earning capacity or, or, or do things that like challenge and excite me purely because they're reserved for someone that can be in the office from a nine to five Monday to Friday. It's scary. I think it's just workplaces need to be, need to open their eyes up to the fact that women in particular are the ones that stay at home and look after children and they've got a whole nother job at home. So it's like be flexible in the fact that them coming to work and being paid is only a, probably a small portion or of the whole makeup of what they do. I don't know. I just feel like treat parents as parents, not men versus women. If that makes Mm. sense, just create an environment for a family to function in a current in current society, whether it's the male or the female that goes into paid employment. Mm. It's so hard though, because if you're the well, if you're the employer, for example, for us, like it is really hard actually working with mums who only have three hours a day to work. Like I, I do understand how impractical it can be for a company. Like I do understand it, but I just don't know what the solution is because. I mean, we've experienced it. We've worked with like amazing mums who have helped us with things like writing or social media or whatever. But it do- mm. it is difficult when you can only access someone for a short period of day because, of course, they've got to look after their kids for the rest of it. Like, I don't know what the solution is, but I mm. think it's difficult for parents as well as employers. And I don't know what the like comfortable middle ground is. Yeah, I don't know. It's it is a tricky one. God, I feel like we've just we could honestly talk about this. Oh, I know. It makes me annoyed every time. So I, I really know. I'm like, oh god. So this was positive news, though. So 
This was, was positive, positive news. news. I've forgotten that. Oh, yeah. So that women are picking up the slack. Men are now working shorter hours, which is great, which I hope means that they're spending more time looking after children and, and picking up the, the jobs at home. And then women are being much more active participants in the in the workforce, so in paid employment. So, yeah, it's really, really good to see. I mean, there's still a huge discrepancy. The average weekly hour worked by a male is 35 hours a week and a female's is 28 hours a week. So it's still, there's still quite a large I gap. We, I think we need to say men and women because I'm pretty sure if we say female, we're not encompassing yeah. them identifying folk. So I think just, and we don't need to cut this out. It's actually really good for people to listen, I think. But yeah, I know what you're trying to say, but I just wanted to yeah. correct. So, and the biggest thing was after the pandemic. So it is definitely a function of this increase, increase in flexible working conditions that's led to this increase in women participating. So we've seen a huge increase post-pandemic of this closing of the gap in terms of hours worked per week. So, but there's still a bit, a long way to go, as there always is. Uh, but also in terms of earnings, so we we're talking about hours worked, in terms of earnings, the gap is also narrowed, particularly in the US. So when we talk about gender pay gap, it's about 9% in New Zealand. It's about, I think it's about 14% in Australia, or that may have been updated. Uh, but in the US, it's actually 16%. But it is closing. So if we think about weekly earnings for a woman, in the US, it was $1,000 a week last year on average, and but that's only about 84% of what men were paid. So we're getting paid about 16 less in America uh, in terms of women versus men, unfortunately. Mm. So what was that stat? It's going to take over 200 years for the gender pay gap oh, to close. We, we spoke in a, like a corporate event last yeah. week. We, and it's so weird because as we were talking about it, I noticed, because there was obviously men in the room, mm. and I noticed this kind of like not, because you don't want to be like, it's your fault. You're no, the, yeah. It, so it is really hard to talk about when men are around, but it's so important that they're aware of the situation. But I did mm. find myself feeling a little bit awkward. Like, let's just skip over this bit because, you know, yeah, it's so stupid. So like, okay, on to the next slide, on to the next slide. I, I was like, no, this like is important. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it is true because it's they might have daughters and it's like, hey, you know what? Don't let your daughter be in this position yeah. when she retires or, you know, make her stand up for herself and ask for a pay rise or make sure she's getting paid the equal amount as everyone else in her job or your sisters or your wives, you know, they do, they are surrounded by, by women. I have a friend um, who actually, her dad, she was basically on purely commission for like a couple of years Mm. and was really struggling financially. And um, she was meant to be going overseas and her dad stepped in and was just like, you're not allowed to go, even though she's like definitely old enough to do her own thing and make her own mm. decisions. He was like, unless you're on a salary, you're not going. <laughs> so she was forced to have this uncomfortable conversation with her employer and be like, hey, I kind of need a base salary as well as commission, you know, and it's worked out really well and it's so much better for her now. But it's just like, I think you're right. There is there is a part to play no matter where you sit in the story and the narrative. You, you can help encourage people to ask for what they deserve and know mm. like, what your child or daughter or girlfriend should be, how they could be approaching things differently and yeah so yeah but it's a god it's a it's a big old combo isn't it I really want to end on a high do you have any like fun jokes you could you know finish with or like is there any put me on the spot so sorry why don't you tell everyone about your date 
Stop it. I knew that's exactly where you'd go. Like, it's literally twice, two dates. I just need to give it a bit of breathing space. Yeah, you know? no, fair enough. Okay, well, if it continues and continues to be a good dating scenario, we might hear more of this so-called oh God, stop person it. with no name. Yeah, he loves trucks. He likes, no, not oh. trucks. What are they called? Diggers. Digger man. Digger. Yeah, he can be digger man. But yes, okay, have a great week. Um, you too. No, I didn't mean you. I mean, oh, I was like, I'll see you in about five <laughs> seconds. Yeah. Okay, bye. Thank you so much for listening to The Curve Weekly. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to stay up to date with all the money, biz, and stock market news. And if you like what you heard, we would love a review. Thank you. Yes. We would love a review, but if you did hate it, please, yeah, don't leave one if you hate it. (laughs) No, but in all seriousness, could you please leave a review because it really helps other people find our cute little podcast. And we hope you have a good week and see you next Monday. Bye. Bye. Sweet. Yeah. See you next Tuesday. Lol. (laughs) (laughs) See you next Tuesday. I mean Monday. (laughs)